the Mechavah's talking about talking about generating a rotsen within ourselves and there were two Mahalchim that he had been discussing, one very briefly one very briefly, the, the difficult one with Miriris, with with a person being hard on himself and all that that means, that's not something that most people do well with these days and, and even if a person does well with it it has to be always together with Simcha and the other way was with a very very strong tefillah and avoider to be ma'ayur the rotsin to ask Hashem to be ma'ayur the rotsin on page kuf peiches about ten lines down kimaduma 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 han nekuda shemanas says kadmus adam bekal chelke ha'avoider t'muna ba'avoider zu al nekuda zayrotsin it seems that the single point in our lives that is preventing us from moving forward in all areas of Avaidus Hashem is this problem of Ratzin, a lack of Ratzin. We're always, we're always thinking about being better with Lashon Har, meaning speaking less of it, and being better with uh, Kedusha, in Yonam of Kedusha, and Sneez, and being better with Ben Alachavero, and Tikan Amidus. And we're always we're always learning new things and hearing new things and and and, and they make sense to us. We're maminim, b'nei maminim. We want to keep Torah mitzvahs. So one thing that one one point that that is shared in common by all of our failures in all of these areas. When I say failure, I mean not total. We're trying to get better. But one thing that. It's always the Nakudis Haratzin. It's not for lack of understanding. I think we all agree that, that Lashnahar is a bad thing. I mean, it's a bad thing. And and the more scary Chazals we see about it, the more we're convinced it's a bad thing. But and the hope is that by being scared, that's one of the Mahalachim, by being scared that that itself will generate within us more of a Ratzin. But in all areas of our Vodas Hashem, whether it's Mitzvah Sasei or it's Lois Sasei, it's Sumerau Asei Taiv. If the Rotzen is weak, then as good as your intentions are, and as much as you know, the project's going to be short-lived. It just doesn't it doesn't pan out. It doesn't work out because the Rotzen is not there. The Rotzen is not there. Other person begins to work on Tfil and Davin. So he gets a nice safe on Tfila. There's some beautiful swarm on Tfila. And he gets a nice safe on Tfila. And he learns some nice chazals about Tfila. He accepts that it's true. It all gets stuck in that place of the seichel, even though he knows it's true. But after reading this whole sefer on, on Tefillah and having a chavusa and writing notes and listening to the te- all of that, it still doesn't have a a, a rotzen when it comes down to it. The next mincha or the next mar, whatever it is, he just doesn't have a rotzen to implement all that he now knows and to put into practice all that he's learned. He tries a week, two weeks. He tries it out. You know, he just has been learning all about tefillah, so he tries it out for a week or two. But he, it's not matzliach. But if he doesn't go further with it, it's not matzliach. He doesn't continue on with it. He has a couple of excuses and explanations. And this is this is usually not what's discussed. But the real problem is that he began the avoid, he began to put into practice, he began to put into practice the avoid, let's say in this example, on without really having a rotson, a strong rotson to change his davening. 
You know, he says he does, and that's why he's learning it, and he wants to put it into practice. It's a tremendous chus that a person could have. If the rotsen is alive, bower and burning and takif and strong, but you feel that that's not really up to you. You know, you get you see this all the time when you get a husband and wife coming in, and there's this says this, now it says that, and they get into all kinds of pratim. Because in every relationship there are pratim. The husband and wife, they're a million pratim. Those are the ones that they're saying. They're, there's much more that they don't say. The, the more interesting stuff is what they don't say. So, but they say these pratim, and, and they start to, like this. And then it becomes a chakra detail. And he said, and they said, who's, who's winning and who sounds better? And at the end, at the end, the question that, that needs to be asked is always, do you want to make this marriage better? You want to make it better. So what do you mean? What do you mean? Do you want to make it better, or do you do you somehow get some chiyas arguing like this for the last forty years? You want to do another forty years? I mean, or do you want to get divorced? What do you want to do? Do you want to make this better? The rotsim. It's a hard question. Everybody says right. Of course. Why else are we here? It's, it could be one of them that oftentimes wants to be there and drag the other one. But yeah, do you have both have to have a rotsen. <clears throat> to have a rotsen to want to make it work. And then we'll see whether we could deal with these protein. If there's a strong rotsen to make the marriage work and they're reasonable people, you could deal with the you could deal then with the details. And very often you don't have to even get to all the details. You could just start to come back to the clarifying the rotsen, the rotsen that that I want to be in this relationship. But there are certain needs that are not being... I was talking to somebody the other day. <clears throat> the wife said that the husband really hasn't spoken to her in around 12 years. So what do you mean by that? He says good Shabbos. You know, he says good Shabbos, but he'll, he never talks. He just... He sits at the table, and now it's... So it used to be when the kids were little, male. So it was Labor Day, you know, but now the kids are, kids are out. And they're not over every Shabbos, they're married with the grandchildren. So... She said that we sit at the table in this big house, and uh, he just eats, doesn't say a word, uh, a word. I said, I don't believe it. He said, if he would say that, I'd be happy. <laughs> and she said to me, I, I would be happy. If he said that, I'd be happy. I said, what does he do? He says he takes out a cipher, takes out a cipher, looks a little bit in the cipher. That's Good Shabbos. For 12 years. That she says he doesn't talk to me. I said, when you, cut, when you, you come back, you're away. Something good. No. And it's not like he's angry. It's nothing. So, it's not a relationship. A person has to have a person has to have a rotsen to be engaged in a relationship. He doesn't have a rotsen for that. So, could be he already he heard too much from her. He's afraid to start a conversation. You have some people if you start, then you know it, it's no good. Maybe it gets too involved. I didn't say that there. But a, a rotson there has to be a rotson to, to have a connection with a person. So I always say, but you you married the guy. He must have spoken to you back then. See, you know, the first twenty years he spoke to me occasionally. And we were going out. He spoke. He was nice. But the last twelve years, he's not talking to me. Does he have a tiny? Mati tells me. I say to my, I need, I need to, I need to have a, to communicate with you. He says, just doesn't. He says, I, it's not my thing. Something like that. It's terrible. But what's the Rutson? What Rutson do you have? And she says, I, I, I want to work on this relationship. Do you want to work on it? He wants to stay married. I didn't speak to him yet about that, but. So dugma pshutil in your name. It's a simple example of our Indian. You do a shigadali at sadikim. Lo bitlo afilu rega mizmanum. We know the big sadikim didn't waste a minute at a time. Talmud how you are sukkim b'tayra. They were constantly busy. They were constantly busy with tayra. Who told me on Shabbos? Shaf, you told me about the cheshmer the sulaces. Yeah. 
So say what? How much was it again? The Chavos Chaim. Over seventy years. See, so the Chavos Chaim didn't want to wear shoelaces because he made a cheshbon that the time that was spent bending down tying shoes over the course of a normal lifetime would be five hundred twenty hours. Four hundred twenty hours to tie shoelaces. It's not kedai. It's not kedai. It's a cheshbon. So they never wasted their time. They were busy with these things. Even when they were talking to people, everything was said with a great care, and they were watching their words, and everything was weighed carefully. How long? How long do we need to speak? the feeling of hakaras hatayv. In other words, somebody did something nice for you or for the family, or for your, or for your kehila, whatever it is. So there's a chiyuv of hakaras hatayv. But how much time is required? What's the right shear of hakaras hatayv? What does that mean, hakaras hatayv? So the tzaddikim thought a lot about this. Of what's the shear? Does hakaras hatayv mean that I need to go, like with this guy, to the, to the Yankee game or something? Because that's hakaras hatayv, even though I don't want to, but. I guess I should because it's Hakar said he wants me to. Everything's with Shikla Das. How much time? The Chayvus Gemilus Chesed Lasiyeh has Daito Shil Hazulas Mitzarei Sevachul. How much time the Tzaddik has always thinks? How much time should I spend trying to help this Jew out who's having some service to help him get him get him out of that by schmoozing with him and getting him a little bit into a better mood and pulling him out of the bed? How much time? Now, now he's talking to us. So that's about tzaddikim. Now he says like about regular people. A person looks at this, and when you when you read the stories of the tzaddikim, and you see how careful how careful they were with their time. There was a tzaddik in Yushalayim, Rabbi Levi Bender. He was the Reish Chabur of Breslov. He died around I don't know how many years, maybe 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I saw him once. He was a zok and muflag at tzaddik beside Eilim. An old wrestler from Russia, the real McCoy, big tzaddik, and he had the day. Every minute of the day was was with a cheshbon. He always was seeking by the castle. So you probably saw him there if you're a little bit old. You saw him there. He wore a cap and boots. He was a a merdekayid. He was ashamed of him. You saw him all the tzaddikim went to see him. He was ashamed of him. I believe Yitzchak, and and he had every minute. So he had also a cheshbon. How long it took to walk from the castle to the bus? You know, everything was with a cheshbon. And people told me that, that he had a cheshman that during that time he would talk to people. When he was walking from the coast, I think, to the bus or something, there was a cheshman. And when the cheshman was done, he would be, even in, even in the middle of a sentence, he would stop talking. In other words, if, it was one, if the cheshman was 112, and he didn't finish saying what, what, he, what, what he was saying to you, he stopped. Mid-sentence. It was ding, it was 112. Then he had a different avayda at 112. Whatever that avayda was, he had different avaydas. He had certain times for everything, different avaydas. Everything was with the cheshbon. The imramis, the ger rabbi, with the watch, with him with the watch, everything, the Im- with the imramis, was to the, they, they said they could watch it on the second hand, on the on the seconds. The imramis had different avaydas for different times. I told you once that I remember that it was about the Bialar rabbi, the old Bialar rabbi, Sadi Yisadayla, and I was, and, and he did interesting things, just interesting things. Uh, and, and one of the chassidim said to me He looked at his watch And he said That three minutes from now The Rebbe is going to lift up his right arm And he's going to move his right arm in circles so He says watch it watch. So I was excited about this thing And I'm watching it Exactly three minutes The Rebbe goes I said how do you know that? He says because Because every Shabbos at that same time He, he moves his hand that way And we've noticed that over the years at that time, he moves his hand that way. It's an Indian, whatever. It's a ches, whatever he's in. What the Havayda is at that moment. Every Shabbos. That's, that's what happens at that time. So the Cheshbon. So when we see these things, we hear these stories. So we ask ourselves, How could a person live in such a high state of spiritual tension? Like when you think of that, you can go cra- you can go crazy just thinking of living a life like that. It sounds like the sounds like the least enjoyable way on earth to live. 
Every word with a cheshman. Every minute with a cheshman. Every movement with a cheshman. To feel that every moment of my life is a test. Every moment. It appears to us that this lifestyle, this way of living, to live in constant tension. Tension, I don't mean nervous, but metach. You know what it means, metach. Uh, awareness. Uh, intensity. This intensity of, of every moment being being with a cheshben. Will not sell cold and taking advantage of every moment of life. To us, it sounds like something which is beyond the kaiches of a human being. It's beyond our ability to, to, to conceive of such a thing. Seems to us that it's not possible to live this way. And if you can, maybe for an hour, for two, for a day or two, but you can't go that way. So what's the difference between the tzaddik who can live that way and a regular person who can't forget about living, can't even think about living that way? There's certainly something very deep in it. Firstly, so let's just understand this on a simple level. The explanation is simple. If you take a person and you hold him by his nose and his mouth, Every single second, he's struggling to open his nose or his mouth. He's struggling. If he's managed, if he manages to pull your hand off for a second, he breathes in a little bit. And he'll continue fighting. He's not going to stop kicking and screaming. He can't scream. Pushing and trying to wrestle free of the person who has his hand on his nose and his mouth. Climber. This is the big difference between the tzaddik and a regular person. Ratzin. It's all Ratzin. Why? If there's something that you feel that your life depends on, your mamish, your life depends on. If you feel that your very life depends on this, you have no problem doing it every second. Since you feel that your life depends on breathing, since you feel that your life depends on breathing, you don't just try it every couple of minutes while the guy's holding your nose and you say, no, I'm tired of fighting. I'll give it a couple of minutes and then I'll push again. No. If you feel that your life depends on this, we used to have when we were kids in the pool, you know, I don't know, guys were goofing around and you had some guy who held your head under the water. It's the scariest thing in the world. There's like some bully or some big guy that would, that he would scare people. You fight with every, every kayach that you have. You try to get out of that. So you don't take a break. Why don't you take a break? Because you feel that your whole existence depends on it. So therefore, if somebody would ask you, if somebody would say to you, like you're, str- you're wrestling with this guy, he's got his hand on your nose and mouth, and someone says, no, take it easy, you know what? If you if you if you stop doing that, maybe if you stop doing it for a couple of minutes, maybe the guy, will, will, the guy will, uh, you know, he'll, he won't bother you. Just don't fight with him. Can't hear that at all because you you, you want to survive and you feel that you, you're going to die. This is the this is the sad reality. That, that a person has to admit in order to get better. The further something is away from what you feel gives you life, the further your Yiddishkeit is from your Nishmas Chai. If you feel that Yiddishkeit, this is what we're learning in the morning, in the morning with Talmud Torah also, if you feel that Yiddishkeit, you feel it be'emes, be'emes, that it's your life, that this minute is not just life in this world, it's not just with, a, with your nose and mouth closed, it's Nitzchiyas. That this minute is Nitzchitz. Why did the tzaddikim, my Bishel Salant and other tzaddikim, 
Rabbi Yisrael, that they spoke so much about, about, about how horrible the punishments are in Gehenna. You know, they're very, very smart people. Rabbi Yisrael was a very smart man. He knew that intimidation is a dangerous mahalach. He knew that. And he wasn't, his intention was not to intimidate. He spoke about Yerushalayimish. And this is all part of the union of Yerushalayimish, really. And Yisrael Salanta was saying, you have to realize that every second of your life has consequences. Every second is, is precious. Every second will determine who you are after this world. Because when your body is gone, then what you are, when you say I, when you and I say the word I after 120, it doesn't mean what it means now. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm the president of this firm. I'm this, I'm that. It won't mean that afterwards. The only thing that the word I will mean at 120 is all the terimitsis that you did. That's who I am. All the terimitsis that I did. So you don't feel that right now. That's all I means when you're rid of the body. I only means Dvekas Basha. So Rabbi Saul is saying to you, Rabbi Saul, Salant and other Tzadikum is saying that a person has to think and realize that every single moment of life, every single moment of life has an effect of the Nitzchis of who you are. And and therefore you have to realize there are consequences to ignoring this. There are consequences. When a person, when a person's Yiddishkeit, when he realizes that my Yiddishkeit is not something that I also do, but my Yiddishkeit is my Nishmas Chai. If you take away from me, if you take away from me a davening or a time of learning, it's like putting, it's like putting your, your, something, putting your hands on my nose and my mouth and I can't breathe. That's what it's like not to learn. That's what it's like. A person sees an Aveyor. For that person, the Aveyor is like jumping into a fire. That's what the Tzaddikim wrote so much about those things. That an Aveyor is like jumping into a fire. An Aveyor is committing suicide. Not physically. You can live like that till 120. But for Netzach Mitzachim. For Netzach Mitzachim, a person... So when a person the further something is away from the breath of life, from your breath of life, then it's very hard to keep it up. If you feel that this is just something which is a side thing, you can do it a little bit and you see if it feels good. If it doesn't feel good, but when it's breathing, breathing, you don't try a little bit like this, like that. You kick and you str- and you kick and you scream and you yell, you fight to be able to breathe. But when something's far away from your nishmas chaim, and you think that it's something which is not real, it's not real, it's not something which is your nishmas chaim, so then you don't have to have it all the time. You don't have to have it all the time. The closer something is to your nishma sachayim, ha'avoyde nasis kala ve'avsharis yose, then the avoyde becomes much much easier. Then the avoyde becomes much easier because to the extent that you feel that your life depends on something and this this is your life, then it's very easy for you to do that. You want to do that. You don't feel that I have to force myself to go to minyan. Nobody feels that they have to force themselves to have a, 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 a time to sleep at night. Why? Because you feel that my nishmas chaim depends on sleeping. So you lie down, it feels good. When it comes to eating or drinking. My nishmas chaim depends on eating or drinking. It's not avoided for me to eat or drink. By tzaddikim, by big tzaddikim, it's not avoided by some of them to be able to eat something. That's not avoided for us. Because I feel that my life depends on eating. The more that I understand that my life depends on something, and it's, this is my nishmas chaim, the easier that avoid is for me. It's not, a, it's not a burden. It's a burden for me to go to sleep. It's not a burden. It's a burden for a person to eat. Look at how much time it takes to eat. It takes a lot of time with all the things to eat. It takes a lot of time. It's not a burden. We don't feel like it's an all. I don't know. We feel it's a pleasure. It's a mishmas chayim. It gives me life. You say, Ralzais.
Those things that you don't feel your life depends on, that's not kashal nishma Then it becomes an avayda. That's the changing over from that time when that guy, when a guy feels that this woman is my life. This is my life. As opposed to when he starts to feel, God forbid, that this is my burden. Something changed over the course of the, of the years. At one point in the early times, he felt this, my, my life depends on this girl. Later on, for whatever reason, he feels that this person is a burden on me. This is a burden. I have to talk. I have to spend time. When they were dating, he was running across, uh, you know, he was running across the border to speak to her. He was flying in for you know a, a two hour meeting. But that's when it was his Nishmas Chaim. That's when he felt that that, that, that girl was his Nishmas Chaim. When it's not when you're doing something and you don't really feel that it's that you that that's something that's important or precious to you, it becomes Navaida. Why is diving such an avayda? It's called avayda shibbalah. Why is diving an avayda? You'd rather not do it. It's not complicated. You don't feel that your life depends on, on this. The person, they tell you, you have to go to this big, there's something wrong, God forbid, and you have to go to some big doctor in Manhattan. So you don't, you don't get upset and complain that you have to, you're wasting time going in the car. And then when you talk to the doctor, you're, you're happy if you can get in two minutes with a guy. I remember when, when, my, when my son was a baby, so we went to, we went, there was this, uh, he was, uh, was a problem, and we were recommended to go to this big doctor. And my wife and I, it was in the Arab Shabbos. These things always seem to happen in Arab Shabbos. My wife and I were in this, in this office, we were waiting for two hours in the office to see the doctor. And we were very nervous about it, was she? And we were waiting for two hours, he was screaming and crying, we were waiting for two hours, and then two of the older kids, and it was already Shabbos soon, it was a very hard day. And then the doctor came out. It was exactly what happened. The doctor came out. He didn't say hello, no, nothing. I'm not, I don't. I don't need you know. But I'm talking about the Harrods for a person. He walks over, opens up the diaper, looks inside, and he touches something. He says, he says to the nurse, he says to the lady, to the nurse, this kid's got a hernia, scheduled him for a, a, a procedure. But doctor, but. but Call you could speak to someone. He said, "Call up you could speak to." Him. He said, "This kid's got a hernia in front of us. This kid's got a hernia. Schedule him for an appointment." So I wanted to ask him. Quite, you know, I heard. I know what a hernia. I heard of. I know, that's my. That's my baby. You know, I'd like to know a little bit. What's it like and what happens? And how does it feel? And what's the kid? How do you recuperate? There's something. You know. What's all right? So then afterwards, I came back. You know, I went to shul and I, and I went over to the first doctor and I asked him you know, to talk to me a little bit about it. But, but at the time, you have a chalisha's advice, you know. So it's a small thing for him because he does 800 of those uh, a year or something. But for a parent, it, it's uh, upsetting. So how much we would appreciate five minutes of the doctor's time, which you don't get so easily, not with him, five minutes. Because you feel that your kid's life, is, his health, that wasn't the concept, but his health was depending on this. Five minutes. But when it comes to our davening, when it comes to davening, you don't feel that your nishmas chaim depends on, on asking the Baruch for health and for pranasa and for your children and for your wife. And for, it's, like you, it's like we're doing him a taiva. All right, I'll go to shul. All right, I'll daven. With any doctor, we would never say that. If the doctor gives us five minutes, we feel, you know what, the, the, you want to see maybe there's some maybe there's some billionaire you're trying to get into. I mean, somebody in Manhattan you're trying to see to talk about some deal. So you, you have to call the secretary of the secretary of the secretary, and then the shamus of the secretary's secretary, right? And then you get to talk to this, maybe, they say, okay, Mr. Smith will give you, yeah, you have uh, Thursday, Thursday, 3.30, two minutes to talk. And then you come there, and it's, it's nearish v'nivcha, you know, to talk to this, to talk to this Gornish, right? Nirz v'nivchad. Talk to the Gornish. And here the Gornish says to come, you can come talk to me whenever you want. And, 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 and he said all the things with David is, but if you don't feel that, that your life depends on talking to Hashem, 
if you don't feel that your kid's life depends on asking Hashem's Baruch on asking Hashem's Baruch for help for a fool for Yeshua if you don't feel that so then the davening is a burden it's not vaida and it becomes a burden and a person doesn't want to do it so the words move quick, quickly alright but what happens sometimes lower later then all of a sudden they tell you that you're in big trouble and the doctor says I can't help you oh then you start to think maybe my Nishmas Chaim Taka depends on on the big doctor maybe now, it's my, now, now I'm in trouble because all the other people told me they can't help me so now I understand that my my life depends on HaKash Baruch and then you see that that you have no problem davening and you're able to daven and you're not rushing out of anywhere you have time a person doesn't feel this Nishmas Chaim so what do we see? Anything that your that your life depends on, usually not always, but usually if your life depends on, maybe it's like with exercise, you don't always feel it's an einig. I mean, playing ball is an einig, but like on a treadmill, that stuff is uh, maybe that's not an einig. But when you feel it, and even if you're not enjoying being on the treadmill, but you enjoy with the treadmill, you enjoy that it's helping you. That makes you feel good that you did a couple of minutes on the exercise machine or whatever. That makes you feel good. It's because something that you know is your Nishmas Chaim, it's Nechshevas to Adam Ka'inik. Hu Chiyuni. Chiyuni means it's vital. Vital. Vital for your existence. Yeshle Tshuka Amit, And you have a real desire to do it. Adam is anig al davish It's very simple. A person has pleasure when he wants to do something. So now we go back and we say, how could that tzaddik live like that? From every minute, every minute was such a, 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 an awareness and such a consciousness of time, and and be so careful with every word and every thought and every action. How could you live like that? The terror says, to live like that, it's only possible if you want to live like that. Not only do you want to live like that, it gives you a pleasure to live that way. See, to us it seems like a Gehenna. It's terrible to live that way. But if a person feels that every single second of life is a Nishmas Chaim, is my Nishmas Chaim, then there's a Ratzim. It's not a burden, it's not Navayda. If we would be MS feel that Shmir Salashan, that our lives depend upon what we say, then we wouldn't feel overwhelmed with keeping you know with sticking to the program of Shmir Salashan. We wouldn't feel overwhelmed by it. But since we don't feel that way, we know that if we read that it's bad and you get all kinds of they throw you into this fire, then they turn you over and throw into another fire. But you don't if you don't feel that if you don't feel that, so then so then you don't you don't see that, that Shmir Salashim, that your life depends on Shmir Salashim. Not just in this world, but Nitzchi, it depends on Shmir Salashim. See, see, so then it's a, you could try working on it, but after a week or two, it, it, you don't bother because you don't get any tonics, you don't get any pleasure from it. You don't get any pleasure from it. If I care, you feel that it's a burden. I have to think every word that I say. I have to be, have to be nervous about saying It's not a vibe. In order for a person to live that way with a cheshbon, constantly in a cheshbon, you have to want that. You have to feel that that's something which is which, which my life depends on. If you look in the svar makadoshim, harotzn hamiti va'oineg chad heim. This is written a lot, a lot in the svar makadoshim, especially in the chabad svar, but in all the svar. Rotzn ha'amiti. When a per, the, the true rutsn of a person, the and that feeling of pleasure or delight, chadheim, it's one thing. What you want to do gives you pleasure. Pnimius harotsn hu einig. The pnimius harotsn is einig. Elamai, laachash adam zaych laeneg. Once a person feels the oineg, the pleasure, So now the person's rotsin is no longer a that I have to force myself. I don't have to force myself. 
I don't have to coerce myself and push myself to doubt. I don't have to force myself to learn. I don't have to force myself to watch out for this event. I don't have to force myself. Because I, I enjoy them. It's a pleasure. Kurotzen shenevem ha'enig. Before you really start learning Torah, you look at people that are sitting for hours learning, you think that this must be the most horrible torture in the world. When you're in high school, and you hear about people that they learn for 12 hours a day, to you that's like, like they're in a, in a torture chamber. Once you start to learn yourself, and you want to learn, then there aren't enough hours in the day. Then, you, you, then, then there's, there's no sheer to how much you could learn. Because then you enjoy it. And you enjoy it, you have a rotz. Adam Hashem, a person who has a schus to be misanagal Hashem, to enjoy being a Jew, to have delight and pleasure in his Yiddishkeit, the Torah and Mitzvahs. Hasibashu the reason that he's looking for more Torah and more Mitzvahs, more davening, more Tikkanamidas, and he doesn't see that as something that's a burden, is. Because there's nothing that gives him more pleasure than, than another than another black gemara, than another uh, uh, another tikkun There's another another mitzvah. There's nothing that gives him more pleasure. So those tzaddikim that are walking around with watches, they're not suffering, they're not unhappy, they're much happier than us. You know, we can't imagine how could somebody be happy without relaxing at night with a, with a newspaper and a, or you know or, or, or watching a show. How could you? How could a guy be happy like that? What kind of life is that? Oftentimes I think about the Lubavitcher, you know, the, the life that he had. You know what kind of a schedule he had? It's not, in our generation, if there was anybody that, that lived that way, I mean, how, you, how do you live that way? He never went on a vacation. In all the years that he was here, from whatever that was, 19, 19, like the late 1940s, till he died, he never went anywhere. The only place he ever went to was his, was his father-in-law's oil, to daven. And when he went, he went with shopping bags of, of kukla to go, to go daven and to cry. They, he would go in there for, for the whole day without eating or drinking. Otherwise, he never left Crown Heights. In the early years, he went once or twice to Chasnas, I, I read, outside of Crown Heights. Otherwise, he never left. The same Dalaramas. He had thousands of things going on all over the world, besides the universe, but even in this world. He had stuff going on all over, and he himself never left. Back and forth to his house, to the, to the 770. So, no vacation. And how? And, and, and you know when Yechidis was? Four in the morning, five in the morning. He only slept between an hour and an hour and a half every 24 hours. And it wasn't in a bed. In that monster bed. The last person in the world you'd want to be is a Lubavitcher Because you think, we think that, that that seems to be the most miserable life imaginable. Sure, it's fun having your picture up in a lot of places, right? <laughs> and like being able to tell the future, stuff like that. That's cool, but oh, that's schedule. That's Gehenna. That's Gehenna. And yet, anybody who saw him saw that there was never a person you saw in your life that was as much alive and was simchas echaim as you go to the Yibadam Chaim Chaim. Any of you been to the Square Rebbe late at night? Been into the, must be somebody here went to the Square Rebbe late at night. You see the you see the face of the scribe. Does he look like he's suffering? He's the happiest person. Sitting there like that every night, listening to Tsaras, trying to help. Because he he feels, he believes one million percent. This is the right thing for me to do. I want to do this, and therefore it gives him pleasure. It gives him pleasure. So we can't imagine, like, at least take a couple of nights off. What is some takeout? You know, come on, Rabbi, a little bit. Take it easy. Where's your pleasure in life? Because my pleasure is talking to other Jews. Okay, that's nice, a little bit, but where's your pleasure in life? That's his pleasure. We're not massing that. It's because he wants to do it. He wants to. You see people that come to work crazy hours, that they give up their whole life. They're not massing that. You ask them, how can you do such a thing? So there's some people that I don't, I'm not massacred, but there are people that, enjoy, that enjoy that. There are people who actually enjoy wheeling and dealing and competing and all that stuff. There are people who enjoy that. And, 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 and you don't understand, how could, how could you put so many hours into work? 
So they enjoy that. That's Rachmanis. I mean, Rachmanis, that's what you enjoy. Just like there are people that they, that they put, that they're going to do things that are various too. And how do they put so much time to... Because <laughs> that gives them an Einig. So it has a rut. So aren't you tired from doing this Avera? No, I, I can keep on doing this Avera. More, I'll do this Avera more. Because there's an he, want, he has a rod, he has an Einig. One person can't be masking the other person's Ratzin. That's why when you see somebody at the Isaac and somebody can't, and they have Kaychus in something, we're not masking how they have Kaychus. Like you read about these these Olympic athletes, how much they have to work out. I remember years ago I read a book about somebody that was going to run in the races in the Olympics and how he's got to train every day for that. So how, do you, how do you live like that? You know how many hours they have to run and, and do things and have them with the eating and with everything just and it comes down like to this one I don't know the Olympics a week or two Olympics and sometimes they, they like trip and they break their ankle the first day you know and it's finished like they're done but but even if you're not even if you're not slir, how do you how do you live like that such a discipline the terrorists says they, they enjoy that and from the outside you don't understand how could somebody enjoy how can somebody enjoy running around for, for five hours a day of these people that are swimming day and night swimming? How do you enjoy that? I don't mind swimming for 15 minutes you can swim. How much can you swim? So what is it that the COVID, the guy, whatever it is, he has a rotten to, to win the gold medal. There's a rotten to win the gold medal. I mean, Naila, he has a tonic. He has an oinic. He enjoys it. Allah has come of a comma that's only emotional from this world to help us understand. When your when your when your Yiddishkeit is your Nishmas Chaim, it's famous your Nishmas Chaim. When when you're working on Tvila, Davening is not because because you would like to get better, but because you feel that your life depends on Tvila. You feel that your life that your life depends on talking to Ganesh Baruch and that you can't go on living without it. Then it starts to change, and then you start to enjoy it. Then you're not running out of shul. Even now, in our generation, you hear about these tzaddikim, people that, that, that many of us been zayichet to meet, Rabbi Morgenstern. What kind of davening? Rabbi Shimei stands there with a stands there with a siddur with all the kavanas. Stands there a regular mincha, be two hours. Mincha two hours. So. You could say, "Oh, I would do that too," but I got someone's got to work to pay for the rabbi. To, you know, that's all. That's all. It's sons. You couldn't do that. We can't do that. To stand there two hours. Not only that, he actually enjoys that. He has a chiyus in that. When for us to stand slichus for an extra fifteen minutes, slichus to stand because you have to stand for slichus, is already like wow. A person can stand on line for something that he wants very badly. He can stand on line. You look at these Mishagam. They'll stand around buildings to get some toy. They'll stand making hakafas to get a toy. But to get some new some new gadget, they'll stand on line. But to get a book, they're waiting for the, what's it called, that uh, Potter. Harry Potter, people with Messias Nefesh, my kids told me they're crazy things, Messias Nefesh, to get a book. Which they can get anyway in a day or two, but no. <clears throat> To get up in the night. To get up in the night. When they were giving cheap mortgages in Farakway 30 years ago, whatever, 28 years ago, they wanted to build up the neighborhood. So we wanted to get this house. We wanted to move from Queens, we to go to Farakway. So I was going to go like at 4 in the morning. My father said, Don't do that. My father said, Go at 11 o'clock at night. I said, Daddy, the bank doesn't open till whatever, I don't know, 8 or 9. 8. So I have to go. My father says, go at 11. Okay, my father said, so I go there at 11 o'clock. I was in bed. I'm a silly. I was going to sit in the car. With a, I took a safe and a pillow. And I was going to sit in the car till, till 8 o'clock in the morning. It was 11 o'clock at night. I go there. There are already eight or nine cars. Everyone with a yarmulke. <laughs> Everyone with a yarmulke. Turned out to be my neighbors. <laughs> we still have most of us from our block. The guy started to show up like at 7, 7.30. <laughs> so all the mortgages that the bank was giving out, the cheap mortgages, every single one. 
Weinberger, Goldfarb, Zions, everyone. You've seen the game who were also angry. <laughs> All of us were going right over because there was a way to get your, your spot. You had your spot. Right? But I was thinking to myself, I was sitting there in the car, and I thought this was, that's where we all became friends. It was cold, I remember. And, and I said, look at this. There's no problem at all to be like in this, to be in this massive of staying up the whole night to save a, a, a couple of things on the interest, which adds up, of course, to a lot of money. But there's no, there's no problem at all. I forget. It was like a chavaya, you know, we had like a, it was exciting. But when it comes to anything in Avodah Hashem, if it's an extra minute or it's hard, everything is hard. Everything is hard. Taking care of the children. All of these things. It's not your Nishmas Chaim. If your kid is your Nishmas Chaim, you have time for him. If your kid is something that's got thrown into the mixture and it's extra, so then. The Rotson is always with Oinik. And that's why it's a big cheshwar nefesh that we have to make on this. So he says, Kedesh Adam Yuchalamad, Bimetach Ruchanik Zet, to live with such unbelievable spiritual awareness and readiness and tension. Sarah Watson. Because of the song of the Shabbat Shalom, I mean, oh, I did that already. Right, the next paragraph. Abayahi, the next paragraph. Kol Zman Shadam Lezachal Ainig. This is the catch 22. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Calls man shadam So far, I don't really enjoy davening. So far, I don't enjoy it, or I don't enjoy learning. For right to live in This is our problem. I want to be able to have a rotsin, but I don't enjoy this. If I have a rotsin, I know I'll enjoy it. But right now, I don't enjoy it. So you're telling me, Rabbi, you're telling me. Uh, the reason you don't enjoy it is you don't have a ratzen. So shkaya. So I would like to enjoy davening. That's what we're up to now. I would like to enjoy it because I understand that if I enjoy it, I'll have a ratzen. He's saying in order to have an oinig, you have to have a ratzen. In order to have ratzen, you have to have an oinig. So no, Abaya, that's the problem. Abaya, he calls man shodem leizochel oinig. We're right to live nice ratzen, believe oinig. Our problem is. We, we sign up for a lot of good things. We register for all kinds of good things, but we don't really enjoy these things. But we want to be able to, at least somehow to do them. Shom Makar HaKaishi. In this Nakuda is the problem. Ki im chazak To be able to have a strong Ratzin. To want to learn, and to want to daven, and to want to... You have to have an Oinik. If you're not any getting, if you're not getting any oinig out of your relationship with your wife, it doesn't give you an oinig. You don't have a rotsin. You don't have. You lose your rotsin. If you don't have any oinig in your avodas Hashem, then you lose your rotsin, and it becomes a burden. The marriage is a burden, and the avodas Hashem is all an avoda. This is a very hard nakuda. Calls Islam, right? He calls my next page. Kutzadik. He calls man shalom any rights of davar b'chol As long as you don't want something with all of your heart, holoi magish b'chesroinai. This is the catch twenty two. You don't feel that it's missing. Like the guy with someone has your hand over your mouth and your nose, you feel that your life is about missing. So when you feel something is lacking or something is missing, in this case oxygen, when you feel that the oxygen is missing, then you have a rotsen to have the oxygen. So Mimela, you're at a standstill. You're at a standstill. Because you writes as a dover, but if what? If when you feel that something is missing, and you want something. If you want something, and that's something you want, gives you pleasure. You want to get to sleep, Oy. and that's going to, and you know that that's going to give you such pleasure to lie down. Then every moment that you don't have it, you feel that it's lacking. This chesar, it's missing. And you want desperately to fill that which is missing. Being stuck in limbo. Benai means in between. In limbo. 
Sharotzen bli einig. That's the worst thing. Rotzen bli einig. I know that I'm supposed to want this, but it doesn't give me pleasure. That's limbo. This is called It's called in being in the slingshot in this world. One of the punishments after death is Kafa Kela. It means you don't have Gehenim, you don't have Ganadin. It's something horrible that the Swam talk about. It's, you're not here, no, you're not there. You just flung around from one world to the other. It's very bad. Very, very bad. It's called Kafa Kela. A slingshot. Kafa Kela. When a person, when a person is in that state where there's there's a, a, a rotsen, but he doesn't have any pleasure, so he can't sustain the rotsen, and he doesn't feel it bemis. It's missing from my life. I officially know that I should be davening, and I want to daven. That's my official position, but it doesn't give me any pleasure. There's nothing that's increasing my rotsen, because my rotsen depends on my ironing. Being in that limbo, that's called kafakella. Baal Kafakella in this world while being alive. He said, but look, that's 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 something that we have to go through in life, Kafakella. And if you think you can get away with it not having it over here by just ignoring your your Ruchnias, so then there's a kafakella that's worse. After this world, but the tzad hashav is, the tzad hashav is wanting something, not feeling an intense pleasure from having it, and at the same time, not being able to fill that which is, and not being able to fill the, the feeling of, of of emptiness of wanting. All of these things. Rotsen, Einig, and Chisarin that are constantly flirting with each other. Rotsen, Einig, and Chisarin. Rotsen, to want something. Chisarin, to feel that it's missing. And Einig, to have the pleasure when it's being fulfilled. When all three are not working with each other, Rotsen, or Chisarin, or Rotsen, Chisarin, and an Einig that comes with filling the Chisarin, right? I want very, very much to get to sleep. I know that's going to give me pleasure. I feel that it's missing, and now I got to sleep. Ah, it's right? And it goes back again. When there's some disconnect between Rotson, Chisarin, and Oynig, when those three are not locked together, it's a kafakel. Then you then you then you have you're in you're in, a, in this a little bit of a Gehenna in this world. Mishalay's atayleh. Alright, we'll, we'll pick up here because remember, it's going to have to, it goes together very much with the rest of the parak. So we'll, we'll pick up over here next next week. Okay. It's a hard Indian. It's a hard Indian.